0: Take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to John's Gospel, chapter 13. John, chapter 13. Mark that passage of Scripture, please, and turn to 1 Corinthians, chapter 11. John, chapter 13. Mark that passage and then turn to 1 Corinthians, chapter 11. Thank you. I wondered what happened to my notes. Tomorrow we will celebrate Memorial Day. And we know that freedom is not free. I don't know whether you're aware of it or not, but tomorrow is the 150th anniversary of the first Memorial Day celebration. The first one took place in 1868, As a result of General John Logan's General Order Number 11, in which on May the 5th, he designated May the 30th as a time to remember fallen soldiers from the Civil War. The first state to pick it up was the state of New York, which celebrated in 1873 the memories of those who had fallen in that great cause. It wasn't until after World War I that the focus became all soldiers who had given their lives in all conflicts. And in 1971, the Holiday Act of the United States Congress designated the last Monday in May to be Decoration Day or Memorial Day, a day of celebration. I am so thankful for those who have purchased the freedom that we enjoy in this great land, aren't you? If you served in the military, would you please stand so that we could recognize you? Give these men and women a round of applause, will you please? Thank you so much for your service. But not only today... Do we recognize those who have given to us the freedom that we enjoy in this great land? We also recognize the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ because of the given body and shed blood of the Lord Jesus. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 we have the order and meaning of the Lord's table. And I want to read that for you beginning with verse 23. For I received from the Lord... What I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this, this do, in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, this do, as oft as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. Until he comes. Do this. Twice the Lord Jesus reminds us that we are to remember what he has done for us as we celebrate his given body and his shed blood. Do this in remembrance of me. But as I read this passage of scripture this past week I I was struck by the way that Paul identified that night. Paul identifies that night this way, on the night in which he was betrayed. Now, you and I know that this was Passover. And Paul could have said, on the night that Israel got freed from Egypt, he took the bread and he took the cup. Paul could have said, on the night that we all gather in Jerusalem to remember the wonder of deliverance that God has given to us, he took the bread and took the cup. Paul could have said, on Passover, we gather with our families. Don't miss the message. Because it was the blood that was placed on the top post and the side post. And the death angel passed over. Don't forget that. Passover. But I think it's interesting. Paul identifies this night, on the night Jesus was betrayed. Now you and I understand that betrayal. Judas betrayed the Lord. <laughs> he sold the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. The scribes and Pharisees came and, and arrested him. Jesus betrayed the Lord. Peter denied the Lord. Three times in the next few hours, Peter would say, I never knew the man. Then, just a few days later, the disciples would deny him because they hid for fear of the Jews. <laughs> I just think that's interesting. But this morning we want to concentrate on what Jesus said we are to do in remembrance of Him. And how that translates into obedience from our lives. Now go back to John chapter 13. Will you please, John chapter 13. The Lord Jesus did not leave us to stumble around and try to discover how we are to please him. But he left us specific instructions. Peter puts it this way, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to your former lusts or your ignorance. But as he has called you, be holy in all manner of life. For it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. And Jesus gave us specific instructions about how we are to conduct our life. How we are to obey Him, how we are able to do this because of who He is in our lives. Here in John chapter 13, verse 17, Jesus says this If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Now, I don't want to take that out of context. Because the background of that passage of Scripture is Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And Jesus says, the servant is not greater than the Lord. You've seen me humble myself before you, he says to the disciples. You are to humble yourselves before others. And Jesus says, if you do these things, you'll be blessed. Now, we could go back to... Matthew's Gospel to the Sermon on the Mount and read the Beatitudes because that talks about blessing, doesn't it? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness' sake. Blessed are those who mourn. And then Jesus tells us how we are to respond to those things in our lives. But you and I need to understand that if we are going to be blessed and lived as a blessed people, we need to follow the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to to recognize His life is the pattern that we are to live. 1 John puts it this way, He that says he abides in Him ought himself also to walk even as Jesus walked. Do you remember the children of Israel? Deuteronomy chapter 11 is one place that this is told us by God. It says, I put before you a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you'll do, and a curse if you don't (laughs) do. Jesus puts before us a blessing. And says, if you'll do these things, specifically, humble yourselves and serve others. If you know these things, you're blessed because you do them. You know, there's a real difference between knowing and doing. You ever know to do something and not do it? Feel bad about it later? Oh, I should have. Every once in a while every once in a while God will bring to my mind an opportunity that I miss to witness for him. I mean I'll be around some people who need to know about Jesus and I won't say anything I'll just go about my life because I'm too caught up in my own world. And then I'll walk away and I'll think I should have said something back there. Blessed are you
1: if you do them. You know this song? When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still. And with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. Get it now. But to trust and obey. This do in remembrance of me.
0: Obtain a blessing. be blessed if you do these things. Jump over with me please to chapter 14 of John's Gospel. John chapter 14, let me begin with verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. (laughs) I think that's an interesting motivation, don't you? When our kids were growing up, we would go someplace, and before we left the car, we would turn to the back seat, and we would say to our kids, best behavior. Now they knew what that meant. They meant that they were to conduct themselves in a way that was a good reflection on us. And frankly, it was all about us at that point. You know that PKs, pastors' kids, are notorious? I want you to know that DKs are too. That's Deacon's kids. but we wanted to make sure that there was nothing that happened in their lives that took away from the ministry and our opportunity to share in other people's lives in an effective way. Connie and I were both amazed because we would go in and our kids would be angels and we would get back in the car And we would think, what happened? Jesus says, if you love me, think about that motivation. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, Follow through with the instructions I have given to you. If you love me, conduct yourself in such a way that your life, my life, is a reflection of that love. You know, there were things, there, there are things that you will do for people you love that you won't do for anybody else. And there are things in our lives that we ought to do simply because we love God. Now, why do we love Him? We love Him because He first loved us, right? Somebody said, if Christ died for us, we ought to be able to live for Him. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. We'll talk about this in just a minute. If you do whatsoever, I command you. If we're going to obey Him, we need to be diligent as we share together and express our love to Him. Which means we need to engage in love. If we're going to obey, we need to engage in love. Now, we talked a little bit about love and what that means and how that motivates our lives. But what is love? We could go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we could see that love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, love does not puff itself up, put itself ahead of others, love does not seek its own, love is not easily provoked. All of those things, that's love, right? Jesus was asked a question one day What is the greatest commandment? Do you remember his response? That's right. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Now, if we are going to really obey Christ, we must not only be diligent, but we must engage in this love. And this love is twofold. First of all, it's a love for the Lord. We talked a little bit about that. You and I need to recognize that our love for Jesus needs to be paramount. Three times Jesus says, love me. Do you remember what he asked Peter? He said, Peter, do you love me? Talk about that in just a minute. But not only is it a love for Jesus, it's a love for one another. John chapter 15, turn there please, verses 12 and 13. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. There are nine times in the Gospel of John where Jesus says that we are to, to love one another. John 13 says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have what? Love one for another. So you and I need to engage in love if we are going to obey him. There is no excuse not to love one another within the body of Christ. Now, does that mean we all get along together all the time? Now, you're smiling. You don't even get around, get along with your spouses all the time, do you? Truth is, I don't even get along with me all the time. But God has given to us the responsibility to get past those difficulties and to engage in love one with another so that the world sees that we're different. I don't like getting honked at. Do you? I don't like getting honked at when I don't deserve to get honked at. The other day, I was driving south of Beckley Road on M66, which is not unusual for me because I live down there. And M66 goes from two lanes and merges into one, right? Right there before Glen Cross, right? I'm minding my own business, I'm merging. But I apparently was not merging fast enough because I got honked at. And it wasn't one of those beep, it was one of those beep. I got to admit to you, it was difficult for me to love that person. I think I might have said, God love him. Because only he could. You know, it's not unusual for us to get honked at within the body of Christ. Honked off. And yet, Jesus said, we abide in his love. We're going to love one another just like he loved us. May I remind you of Ephesians 4.32? It says this, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And here's the kicker. Even as God's for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you, if God has forgiven you all of this stuff, can we not forgive one another this stuff? Now well, that's getting a little convicting. Let's move on. Turn over, please, to John chapter fifteen, verses fourteen and fifteen. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Aren't you thankful that Jesus said, You are my friends? There's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And Jesus said, "If I've, I've called you my friends, not servants, you're my friends." And how do you reflect that friendship? You reflect that friendship if you do what I command you. I want to go back to the designation that I pointed out in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 on the night in which he was betrayed. Do you remember what the result of that betrayal was? For Judas, he went out and hanged himself. For Peter, he said, I love you, Lord. And for the disciples, according to Acts chapter 17, especially Paul and Silas there, but all of the disciples, they turned the world upside down for the cause of Christ. You see, when we celebrate the deliverance that God has given to us, And we understand what it means to obey him. It affects our lives. We love him. We turn this world upside down for him. We recognize what it cost him because freedom's not free. We have a mission statement. That mission statement says to multiply Christ-like disciples who are passionate about their God, obedient to His Word, dependent upon Him in prayer, connected to one another, and authentic and relevant in this world. What's it mean to be passionate about our God. It means to walk with our God, doesn't it? Can two walk together except they be agreed? What's it mean to be obedient? It means this do as we remember who He is in our lives. And all of that translates into multiplying Christ-like disciples who are None of us can be a Christ-like disciple unless we're passionate about our God, agreeing with God. None of us can be Christ-like disciples unless we're obedient to His Word. This
1: do in remembrance of me. My Jesus, I love, of Thee I know. Thou art mine. For Thee all the follies of sin I resign. My gracious Redeemer, my Savior art Thou. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now.